The cries for help uttered by an unarmed black man from under the knee of a Minneapolis police officer has sparked outrage and protests across the globe. We're talking race, riots, and rebellion. A young entrepreneur from Wisconsin is hoping to take the age-old practice of yoga, moving it out of those stuffy old elite studios into an inclusive space for people of all abilities. And finally, we're celebrating the class of 2020, right here on Coco Hollywood Live. Good evening, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Coco Hollywood Live. Now, I know I told you in our first episode, we are an all-inclusive show here. That's why our logo is a rainbow of melanin. And being that we represent people of color, I wanted to make sure that with all of this civil unrest and protest that's going on, that we at least try to address the issue and come up with some real solutions. So I tapped one of my very smart friends to give us some real solutions to this problem. But before we get into that, I wanted to figure out the best way to summarize exactly how I was feeling over the last week as we all watched this man get killed before our eyes. Not only was it stunning and startling, but it was disappointing. And I think this song sums up exactly why so many people were frustrated with what happened. And if you haven't heard it yet, check it out. I'm a young black man Doing all that I can To stand Oh, but when I look around And I see what's being done to my kind Every day I'm being hunted as prey. My people don't want no trouble. We've had enough struggle. I just want to live. God protect me. I just want to live. I just want to live. Our first guest is a frequent contributor on MSNBC, CNN, and of course, NBC News. We're joined by political contributor and pop culture expert, Jared Hill. Hey, Jared. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, first I want to ask you, as a journalist out here in Los Angeles, kind of tell us what's going on out here. What is the pulse that you're seeing in the community with all this outrage? Well, I mean, I think we're seeing uh, in Los Angeles a similar thing that we're seeing really all over the country and actually in cities around the world, uh, demonstrations where people are really, really frustrated. And as I've said in other places, I think that it's important to recognize like, yes, there is anger. Yes, there is frustration. But I think more than anything, people are tired. I think people are tired and frustrated when it comes to the ways that we've continually seen injustices um, that are really rooted in anti-blackness uh, that come from the police, but we also see them from various other systems. And so we've been seeing these uprisings where there are tens of thousands of people that are coming out um, in nonviolent protests and then some protests that have gone awry as well. Um, and we also have many instances where we are seeing that some of the violence that we're seeing or the, the quote unquote looting um, is not necessarily the, the black and brown people that are coming out or the white people as well that are coming out, but also that sometimes it's people that are coming out really to take advantage of the protest. Um, and there's even some reporting that suggests that they might be coordinated attacks that are coming from uh, anti-black groups that are, you know, Trump supporting MAGA groups and things like that. So um, these demonstrations have popped up in cities and 
probably most states around the country at this point, um, and, and they continue. Why do you think LA has just kind of erupted like this? Well, I think Los Angeles has a history, right, of, of being able to, to really uh, show up in these kinds of moments. And I think especially um, you and I live in a major cosmopolitan city in Los Angeles, but like in major cities around the country, we tend to be more densely back um, with uh, multicultural groups and specifically with black folks. I think that here is another place that we are also uh, probably a little bit more comfortable to be able to congregate and protest in these kinds of ways, as opposed to um, Black folks that live in smaller cities that may not have as much community, right? That may have a harder time finding someone that looks like them um, and may have a harder time finding groups that are organizing around uh, racism and injustice and, and anti-Blackness. So I think that's why LA and other major cities are showing up in the way that they have been. Okay. What do you say to the folks who are frustrated saying that we are destroying our own communities. My personal perspective is, I don't see how you can destroy something that you don't own. Our oppressors have kind of infiltrated our communities from day one. So I am kind of trying to understand their perspective of why are we rioting our own communities? What do you think? Well, I try not to use the rioting language because I feel like the, the rioting language does come along with uh, some connotations that aren't always fair, especially when we're talking about protests and uprising. Um, and like, they don't use that language when white folks show up to, to tear up the city when, you know, their local team has won or when, you know, they're upset about not being able to get their haircuts or whatever, um, like we've seen in the past couple of weeks during COVID-19. But I think it's important for us to remember that we... Uh, when we're when we're seeing these instances of you know vandalism or again quote unquote looting, um, we are oftentimes seeing that coming from people who are not black and brown or that are not there as a part of the protest. But even when it is black folks that are participating, um, I, I always tell the story of being asked by a white person like, "Well, I just don't understand why they're burning down the CVS." I'm like, "It ain't about the CVS, right? Like, it's not about that." Um, and, you know, realistically, like CVS or insert store here usually has some kind of insurance policy, they'll be fine. In the demonstrations that we saw on Friday night where they vandalized the CNN sign, right? They painted all over it and they were breaking into the CNN center in, in downtown Atlanta. That CNN sign was repainted 12 hours later, right? Like they had, they had completely fixed it. And it's not about property damage as we hear in Minnesota, both the governor and the, the uh, mayor of St. Paul there um, we're talking about property and, you know, wanting to protect property and all of those things. But like, they're not talking about the people, right? They're not talking about the causes that brought us to this space. And so when I see that, like, I'm not a big fan of like damaging property, but I also get it, right? Like when you have <laughs> black people in this country have spent 400 and now one years um, since being brought over and treated in the ways that we've been treated and we continually see these things happening. It's frustrating and infuriating, and I get it. I think it's always important to remember that when we see Black people protesting, it's never the right way to protest, right? We have seen Colin Kaepernick take a knee. We've seen people lay down. We've seen them stand. We've seen them walk. We've seen them march. We've seen them run. We've seen them jog. We've seen them sit in, lay down, like do every single different kind of thing, and there's no right way to protest. But also, that is what protest is, right? Protest is supposed to be disruptive. Protest is supposed to be going against the norms of what we see, because if it weren't inconvenient and disruptive, it wouldn't be protest and it wouldn't be effective. When you look at all of the, you know, destruction that's going on, I think the other half of that argument is, well, what can we actually do? What can we do that's positive? How can we actually see the changes that we are so desperately fighting for at this point? 
Absolutely. Well, I think there's there are myriad things that we can do, but I think like if we're talking about this case specifically, right? This this case was started uh, really after the George Floyd incident that kind of happened at the same time as A.B. Cooper and followed Am Ahmaud Arbery. And so, uh, with these kinds of instances, this really has to do with policing and the ways that our systems of, of justice uh, don't serve black people. And when we look at the ways that prosecutors are in bed with the police, who are in bed with the judge, who are in bed with the the you know the DA and all of those people, we have have to change those systems. And so if that is something that is of, of, uh, of high priority to you, maybe look into the groups in your local areas and nationally that are working on reforming those different kinds of um, injustice. If you're looking at it from an economic uh, standpoint, look for your Black Chambers of Commerce. Look for the different places that are really uh, supporting Black business. Look for the apps that will show you where Black businesses are in your area. Look for, I know Spendify is one of them. I know there are plenty of different places that, that do that. If you're looking at it from the family perspective, look at how you, know, look at how you support Black family. Look how you support Black families with businesses in your area. Look at how the, the language that you use around um, Black people, and if we're looking at it from the media perspective, obviously I'm the Vice President of NABJLA, you're, you're on our board now, so welcome, congratulations, okay. uh, welcome to the board. Um, but like, if you're looking at it from a media perspective, look at the ways that the narratives are, are being crafted and promulgated in, in the media about Black and Brown people, and specifically, again, from the perspective of anti-Blackness with Black people. Um, it's important to like be involved, and there are myriad different ways that you can be involved, and also I think it's important for people to remember that there are so many different things that you can do or be a part of. Don't feel like you have to be a part of every single thing. Find something that speaks to you, that resonates with who you are and what you want out of the world um, and, and lean into it. I like the fact that you mentioned support because I feel like that more than anything from our white brothers and sisters is what we need right now. We need their voices. We need them to be vocal. We need them to really, I know you will never understand exactly how we feel, but you can definitely help with this cause. Um, are there any things that you, are there any specific things you think we should suggest for our brothers and sisters so that we can all be in this together? Because we all live together, so we're all gonna have to get along at some point. One of the things I, I, I think is important for white people to understand is like, we don't need your sympathy. We appreciate it, right? I don't need your sympathy, I need your action, right? I need you to be involved, I need you to be I need you to be involved in speaking and using your platform and using your voice and talking to your family members and talking to your friends and talking to your job and talking to your church and your neighborhood and your neighbors and all of those people about the ways that you see injustice showing up. I need you to take an anti-racism uh, anti uh, courses. I need you to be really working on it. Something that white people need to understand and it's hard to hear, all white people are racist, period, right? And it's not like, oh, I'm calling people out, but like this country has systematically conditions people to be racist from the time that they are born and and anti-black right racism is one thing anti-blackness is another thing that falls underneath that and so if if you are a white person and you want to find out how you can help what, what you can do to be a part of, of the solution like talk to other white people about where you see things going wrong and if you're going to ask black people to come help you or to be a part of that which is not wrong find out how you can can contribute to those black people because we often ask we often hear white people asking black people to come talk to them about how they can be better as if that is black people's work. It is not black people's job to strategize, coordinate, collaborate, uh, and implement systems for white people to be better, right? So if you want black people to come and help you do that work, pay them, right? Run them that money. Amen. <laughs> right. Find Those points. Amen. 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 Their cash app, their PayPal, and pay them for the work that they're doing. Because I don't know if anybody's heard about this, but we have a history in this country of white people expecting black people to do work for free. Amen. Amen. So, 
Amen. Um, so white people, when you are asking black and brown people to come help you do that kind of work, you need to make sure that you are A, paying them, but also be appreciating the work that comes out of that. Well, that answers all my questions. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I want to say thanks again to journalist Jared Hill for joining us. Thanks again for your insights and for giving us practical solutions as to how we all can move forward. Now, if you'd like to hear more from Jared, make sure you check out his phenomenal podcast. New episodes come out on Thursdays. It's called Fanside. Make sure you look for it. Fan and anti together. Fanside. Now, our next segment is our business spotlight. And this week's business spotlight goes to a business in Wisconsin. Now, they do both online and in-person yoga classes. And with drop-in classes at only $8, Ashley's Crazy Yoga is this week's business spotlight, also known as The Plug. Hey yogis, it's your girl Ashley and thank you so very much for joining me today. I got into yoga um, in high school by my um, physical education teacher, Miss Godfrey. And it was a core strength class. It had um, weightlifting, Pilates, a lot of um, body weight stuff. And then there was a unit about yoga. When I started to learn more about it and um, the longevity it had, the health benefits of it, I, I really wanted it to be something I embodied um, that I took with me for the rest of my life. So something that um, encourages me to change and keep changing, keep evolving with my body as my body changes as, and as I age so that I can keep those healthy um, habits and the flexibility. I took a year off from um, school after I graduated and really decided I wanted to think about what I wanted to do in the future. So I took a year off and I just started taking um, yoga trainings until I got my 200 hour. Started teaching um, in a bunch of gyms health places, chiropractor clinics, um, senior homes, and um, just really trying to reach a bunch of people with yoga because it's so amazing and you literally can do it anywhere. In only four years, Ashley Tuck is already making a difference in the yoga community, both online and in Milwaukee. With the help of her husband, a certified nutritionist, they run Ashley's Crazy Yoga Studio in South Milwaukee. The yoga instructor, Reiki master, and talk therapist is making yoga accessible and affordable. The places I was teaching at, you know, it's predominantly white people practicing uh, yoga, mostly white women practicing yoga. And every time, you know, I would bring up, hey, you should try yoga to like a minority person. They'll be like, well, that's, that, I don't, you know, they wouldn't say it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm trained to read body language. So I could see this, this, this setting is not comfortable for me. I don't feel comfortable coming to a facility like this and practicing. So that's why I opened up Ashley's Crazy Yoga, um, a facility that is all welcoming to everybody so everyone can feel comfortable, whether it's your race, whether it's your sexuality, your, um, your handicap. I don't like even saying the word handicap, but um, those barriers that um, people presume we're an all welcoming facility and we will make it work for you. So I actually got the studio in South Milwaukee, um, no loans, um, being a minority, all of, you know, all of those um, things that are already up against you and just showing that even as a, a young black person, you can make a business, you can make a, a thriving business as long as you, you know, put your heart into it. Inhale, left arm to the side and exhale we're launching classes june 1st so be on the lookout subscribe to our uh, mailing list on 
ashleycrazyyoga.com. And then on June 14th, we're actually having an open house. So at the open house, you can just stop on in. It'll be June 14th from 11 to 2 p.m. Stop in, ask any questions you guys have, and there'll be a sign-up sheet for anybody that's interested in setting up a wellness consultation. So make sure you stop in at the open house and um, reserve a spot and we'll, we'll get you taken care of. Coming. Namaste. Congratulations again to Ashley's Crazy Yoga. Now you heard it here. They're starting classes both in person and online this week. So if you need to get your mind and your body right, head on over to Ashley's Crazy Yoga. Very inspiring story. Now, last but not least, I want to make sure that we are honoring those folks who weren't able to celebrate. You graduated, but we really didn't get to celebrate with y'all this year. So I wanted to encourage you, give you solutions to make sure that you're optimistic about your future, give you a business owner that you can look up to because she's y'all's age. She's only 23. And I want to give this last bit of information as a shout out to the class of 2020. Congratulations, y'all. And of course, I couldn't be prouder of all of you in the graduating class of 2020. So much uncertainty, with everything suddenly up for grabs. This is your generation's world to shape. The truth is, you don't need us to tell you what to do. Because in so many ways, you've already started to lead. Congratulations, class of 2020. Keep making us proud. who submitted their pictures. We just wanted to do a little something to let everybody know that we are so proud of you all. You know, I dedicated this show to the class of 2020 because I wanted to give you real solutions because you guys really are the future. And we are so looking forward to what you guys come up with. That's going to do it for this episode of Coco Hollywood Live. If you or someone you know you think would make a great guest on the show, slide in my DMs and let me know. But until next time, I want to thank you all for joining us, and I'll see you next Monday.